1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: The following is a
2: post time with Mike and Mike production.
3: Beckham Sea Champ, down by the seaside.
4: Beckham Sea Champ wins the Breeders Crown. It's Rock and run, Mick Wicked on the inside, Mick to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon
2: fights on. Down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the
0: seaside. Down by the seaside, and Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Now marlinger looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end. All bets off. Keystone Velocity.
2: Keystone Velocity, and Dan Dubay to win the Potomac pace This guy's the Energizer Bunny. as they head for the Royal Fire Your Guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps going and going. tuned in to the official, official podcast, the sport of harness racing, post-time, with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside Heaven Rocks but the clocks running out, filibuster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. Going
4: and going.
3: Another that show this time. It's Mike and it Mike right presenting. Buy that America starts right now. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike. I tell you what, it's been weeks since we've gotten to work together. Listen, you come back and everything works. I don't know how that works, man.
2: Yeah, well, we're only two minutes into the show, so don't count your chickens <laughs> before they hatch. But yeah, it's good to be back <laughs> on the air with you, man. And uh, Breeders Crown is just two days away. I am so excited listen, you're excited for
3: more than one reason, but uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But Breeders' Crown 2018 uh, has already proven to be uh, kind of an interesting one, Mike. You uh, watched a lot of the eliminations last week, and a lot of the big-time favorites that you thought would make the final didn't make it, such as Handel or Hanover, Stay Hungry didn't make the final. So horses like that that you expected to see in the final just aren't going to be there this week.
2: Well, listen, let me tell you something. Get on Bet America right now. Get on Bet America right now. The whole card, 15% takeout. I mean, this is uh, unprecedented. The takeout's good. The pulls are going to be good. The payoffs are going to be good. I think there's uh, a lot more wide-open races than what we expected there was going to be before the eliminations. Some good competitive races. There's even a couple of overnight races on there that are outstanding as well. I mean, it is just a great, great card. And even if you're not a a big wagering uh, person, even if you're not a big better, so what? Get on betamerica.com right now. I think they've got a hundred percent sign-up bonus right now. So if you put in fifty or you put in hundred, you get it right back. You might even get a little more. They've always got some great specials going on. So go to betamerica.com, find out what's going on, and deposit some money if you're not a and register for an account if you're not a user, and play this Saturday Pocono card because I'm gonna tell you what, it's a dandy.
3: You know what else I'm going to be playing uh, coming up this Saturday is the $75,000 mandatory payout pick five. Their jackpot pick five uh, that is carried over into Saturday night's card, Mike, uh, is guaranteed at $75,000. Lots of great value in that pick five sequence.
2: Oh, absolutely. No question about it. There's value all up and down the card, and we're going to get to it throughout the uh, throughout this show, and we're going to bring in the experts. As a matter of fact, we've got the guy who put the races together. Rick Kane's going to be joining us, <laughs> the fine race secretary of the of Egan Sun Pocono, plus one of my favorite dudes in the whole wide world, man. A good dude, a great announcer, one of the best in the business, Jim Baviglia, who will be calling the Breeders' Crown Races. He'll be joining us as well. As uh, our good friend Moira Fanning from the Hamiltonian Society, she's going to kick things off. So this is kind of like what we did for the Little Brown Jug, Mike. This is a behind-the-scenes preview of what it takes to put an event like this together. And I got to tell you, first things first, let's talk about a little contest that we're running that oh, you yeah. have to go to our Facebook page to do. It's uh, The Facebook page is Post Time with Mike and Mike, and it's very simple. We're going to give away four Twenty-five dollar win wagers throughout the Breeders' Crown broadcast that we're presenting, which starts, by the way, on Saturday at eight o'clock. So mark your calendars. Saturday at eight o'clock is when we'll be on the air for our three-hour Breeders' Crown broadcast. But we're giving away four twenty-five dollar win wagers. It's very simple. All you have to do to be eligible is go on to that post. It's pinned right at the top of our Facebook page and tag a friend in the comments section, and that makes you eligible. We're going to draw four names, and, uh, hey, if your name's drawn, you want a $25 win wager, we're going to do so, I believe, starting at um, 8.30. We're going, to, we're going to do one every half hour, 8.39, 9.30, 10. And uh, you tell us, once you, once you hear your name drawn, you send us a message, you tell us who you want to wager, I'll take care of it. I'll put $25 through our sponsor, Bet America, to win on a horse that you want and boom, if you win, we'll send you the money.
3: How easy is it? Does it get much easier than that? Not at all. The only thing you got to do is make sure you listen because we're not posting the names anywhere. You Uh, you have to listen to our show uh, coming up on Saturday night. Like Mike said, 8 to 11, a three-hour presentation of the 2018 Breeders' Crown. And I believe, I was looking at the schedule, I believe we'll kick things off in the 8th or ninth race. I have to go back and look. Uh, But... I will tell you what, it's been one of those things where I am super, super excited um, to get into uh, to get into the Breeders' Crown, kind of dive into it, Mike, and also figure out who the horse of the year is. It's completely wide
2: open. It is. It really is. I mean, you know, a lot of people say it's cliche, you know, when you say it comes down to the crown, but it really, really does this year, especially. I mean, every race is jam-packed with talent. There's some really good horses out there, some really good stories out there. Mike, how about the Verland Yoder horse? Have you seen a two-year-old Philly Trotter this time? I mean, this horse is unbelievable, and as a matter of fact, uh, and I'm not going to say who – But uh, somebody told me after the elimination, when she won by as much as she wanted to win by, she came back to the paddock, and she wasn't hardly even breathing hard. So, I mean, this, uh, tell you what, she is a super, super filly, and it's great to see somebody like Verlin Yoder get a horse like that, isn't it?
3: You know, it, it is. He He's had tons of talent in the past. We all remember Natural Herbie, Mike, uh, the Verlin Motor trainee that uh, was absolutely phenomenal. But this is his first try at a Breeders' Crown. I'll be interested to see, uh, you know, if he can get the job done. And Mike, m- myself, uh, Kate and Garnett, we're hoping for a Breeders' Crown horse uh, come next year. Around this time, so the stable dot c our friends at the stable dot c a have lawmaker who uh, was lucky enough to get in uh, based off of a scratch time scratch, but like uh, me Garnett and cater hoping uh you know that we make the final next year, so we'll see.
2: Wouldn't won't that be exciting? Would that's something that we could follow a horse that we could follow here on post time with Mike and Mike and hey listen, wouldn't that be something if we're broadcasting the Breeders' Crown next year and you get into the Breeders' Crown winners' circle with your horse? I mean, come on, does it, it, it get any better than that? Broadcasting your show with your horse standing in the winners' circle. I mean, that, that's that's beautiful. But no, them guys up there. We were talking about that before the show before uh, we got on the air, Mike. Uh, you actually, as we were leading up to airtime was watching your horse on the internet um, in uh, qualifying – training, not qualifying, but training. And uh, how cool is that that you can do that? You talk about bringing racing into the 21st century. Anthony McDonald and the stable.ca continue to impress in that regard.
3: Yeah, for sure. I'm sitting here. I mean, I've got the live feed pulled up. We go out at set number 6. They're on set number 4 right now. And the horse's name is sometimes things happen. It's an Ohio Bred. Uh, an Ohio Bred uh, Trotter. And so we're you know, we're just kind of, you know, feeling it out. We only purchased 1%, but it's not a ton of money, Mike. You can't lose a ton of money, but I can speak firsthand. My training bill last month was $14. That nice. includes that included shipping from Ohio to Ontario from the sale. And 12 days of trading, you can't beat that.
2: Well, and you know, and here's the thing I mean, we have to attract ownership. You know, we have to attract ownership because if you think about it, if you go back 20, 30 years, you know, when the clubhouses were jam packed, you know, yeah, they were jam packed full of gamblers. But you know what? For the most part, they were jam packed full of owners. Owners who brought friends who came to watch their horses race. And you don't really see that anymore for a couple of different reasons. I mean, you know, number one, a lot of the owners are actually trainers now. And number two, you just see a lot of these kind of same conglomerates. And, of course, you know, watching on the Internet and so forth. But, you know, as we get these fractional ownership groups going in the stable.ca's, you know, VIP Internet stables and all these guys have really taken the bull by the horns to get fractional ownership going we're starting to see new people come into the business. I mean, people that would never even dream of owning a horse otherwise. I know you – I mean, Mike, it probably would have never even crossed your mind to own a horse a couple of years ago before the stable come along, did it? it, it. Not not
3: at all. I mean, I just couldn't afford it. Could not afford
2: it. No. So, you know, I mean, it's giving people a chance to own a horse that – you know even if it's 1% it's giving him the thrill it's giving him the opportunity and you know what listen mike let's be honest if you have success with this horse if this horse gets into the breeders Crown, if this horse wins some stake races you know guess what you're going to do you're going to invest more aren't you
3: right i'm going to take my 1% which might be 500 bucks and you know maybe buy
2: 5% of a horse next time and um, and listen, and, is... and who knows in 5 10 15 years you could you know be somewhat of a prominent owner
3: i mean you never know you never know but, but, but here's the thing mike and i think this is important to note is that garnett and i are really good friends as you know okay garnett barnstale uh, he you know contributed to the show but off of off the air we're very good friends he reached out to me when this horse fir- when he first purchased a few percent of this horse and says hey man you should jump in on this horse what better to jump in than with a couple of bu- with, with a buddy or a couple buddies you know what I mean, right. and so that that's what makes this fun. So if I could turn my you know hundred and fifty dollar investment into six hundred, I may reach out to Garnett and say, Hey man, what are we what are we jumping onto next? Let's take my six hundred and I'll buy five percent, you buy five percent. Now we got ten percent of a horse together, and then we turn that six hundred into six thousand, and now you're you know now you're
2: dancing. Yeah, and and like I say, I mean even put the money aside. I mean, how much fun is it to go to a racetrack to watch your horse to bring your friends? Say oh, yeah. hey. Hey, hey, guys, gals! You want to come out and see my horse today? Come on. We'll bring it. We'll bring a group of ten to the clubhouse, and we'll have dinner, and we'll make a few bets, and we'll have a couple of drinks, and we'll watch my horse. And hey, if he wins, we could all go down to Winner's Circle, and take a picture. That's what it's all about: bringing new blood into the business. And uh, I'll tell you what: these guys that that are doing um, these outfits that are doing these um, fractional ownership. Deals are really hitting the ball out of the park. I think this is probably the greatest idea that has come around in quite a long time. Mike, what do you say? Let's get the ball rolling. Moira Fanning's in the on deck circle. We're going to talk some behind the scenes of the Breeders' Crown, kind of what it takes to put this whole thing together, and it is exhaustive, believe me. Plus, we've got the, the race secretary at the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono, Rick Kane, and our good friend the track announcer Jim Baviglia, and so much more. Let's get it going. It's Post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America.
4: At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way.
3: Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Back of this edition, Time with Mike and presented by Better America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. Mike, there's a ton of moving parts of the 2018 Reader's Crown, and one of those big moving parts is Hambletonian Society COO Moira Fitting. Moira, how are we doing this morning?
5: Uh, we're doing wonderfully. How are you guys doing?
3: Not too bad. Well,
5: to us a little bit
3: about uh, what goes into kind of putting this type of event on. Obviously, uh, year to year, uh, you know, a lot of things can change based on the venue you're at and things of that sort. But what goes into putting on an event like this?
5: Well, first of all, the most important thing is securing a venue, which uh, the Hamiltonian Society, our new president John Campbell, and our um, still contributing president Tom Charters. Work to secure host tracks for a three year period simply because if you're taking payments, you want people to know where they're going to race or what they're going to race for. And um, so that comes, that's one of the more important, um, obviously, foundation items is to secure host tracks. Now, when the Breeders' Crown started in 1984, they had a concept much like the NCAA where they traveled to many different host tracks Um, over the years that's been whittled down to a handful of tracks, maybe four or five, that have the facility and the ability to host the Breeders' Crown. So we added Hoosier Park last year, which was a tremendous event. And I should point out that when we first went to Pocono in 2010, they were actually the first host track to host all 12 events on one night. So that's a real undertaking (laughs)
2: Yeah, no question about it. Moira Fanning joins us uh, from the Hamiltonian Society. Moira, let's talk a little bit about some of the the behind-the-scenes work that it takes to get this thing together. I mean, obviously, we talked about getting the venues together. What about some of the actual setup? What about – and obviously, you have to work closely with the tracks on all the – little logistics and, and big logistics, but I mean, even like stuff like, you know, let, let, let's be honest, Saturday's weather forecast doesn't look great, but you know what? I'm over that because you know what i we're going to have a good time. No matter what, <laughs> Hey, I don't care if it rains, snows, sleets, we're going to have a good time. And I see that they put a lot of tents on the apron. So nobody's going to get wet. Everybody's going to stay dry and have a good time. But what are some of those behind the scenes things that you and the tracks work on to get a, an event like this together? Some of the things that maybe the public don't know about.
5: Well, of course, once we have a a host track secured, we start to have planning meetings um, often a year or more in advance because the most important thing is to the track and to us, for the owners, for the betters, for the fans, for the horsemen, that this be the most unique and special night of that track's meet that year. Um, Many tracks, you know, Woodbine, Meadowlands, Hoosier, have a lot of stake races. They have a lot of special events. So we have to work very hard to be even more special than their their special events. The Pennsylvania Racing Commission, Pennsylvania Harness Horsemen, and, of course, the staff at the Downs at Mohegan Sun have just been um, fabulous partners. And each of those groups brings a little something different to the table. Uh, so one of the most kind of innovative things or unusual things that we've done this year is the lowering of takeouts. Now, we have promotional money to spend on the event, as does the track and et cetera. And we thought, why don't this time, why don't we try to do something for the betters? We we certainly blanket the caretakers, the trainers, the drivers, the owners, um, you know, the fans with uh, a special experience. Let's try to do something for the betters. So that was okayed by the commission and, and has is in place uh, it was all wagers, all three nights, and they bet over a million dollars on their Friday and Saturday eliminations last week, despite the fact that Saturday was a miserably rainy night. Many of the fields were not optimum composition because of the way the eliminations have to split. They they may have been short fields. They may have had heavy favorites, but uh, I think it was very favorably received, and I think we're going to see a great response to that uh, this Saturday as well.
3: Amora, talk to us a little bit about what goes into staking a horse for those who don't know how they kind of qualify uh, for the Breeders crowd. Obviously there were eliminations last week that lead up to the finals, but there's a lot more that kind of goes into it uh, from a yearling standpoint. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Well, the whole concept of the word stake means, you know, goes back into the olden days when a group of people would put up a stake of money and they'd race for it. And so if, if, 20 guys put up 10 bucks. Whoever won the race took took that stake. So now it's, of course, a, a lot more um, structured in that, and I'll just deal with the Breeders' Crown, Breeders' Crown eligibility starts with the stallion nomination. So every year we have over 100 stallions that are nominated to the Breeders' Crown races. Their offspring are eligible to begin paying into the series. The yearling payment is, is the first... Um, The first and the most economical way to get into the series and then there's payments at two there's a future eligibility if you don't want to race at two um that you can make to stay eligible at three uh the breeders crown committee and and the hamiltonian society really have tried to be flexible with this series and set it up so that includes all the best horses uh but isn't punitive to someone who comes along and wants to get in the program at some point now the very last uh, way to enter, if you're not a Breeders' Crown eligible stallion like Sharkton N or Lather Up, is to pay a supplement at race time. Those are kind of steep, uh, about um, sixty-two-five for the three-year-olds, fifty thousand for the open pacers like Lazarus. And Lazarus is kind of N is kind of interesting because he is by a Breeders' Crown eligible stallion, Better's Delight. But he never made the sustaining payments, so he had to supplement at time of entry, but he can now make payments going forward should they decide to continue racing him and and not retire him. So it is a kind of elaborate system. It sounds elaborate, but it's pretty simple. If down the road you want to have your yearling be valuable, be eligible to stakes, or actually you know participate in the breeder's crown you make small payments as you go along and all that accumulated value gets paid back on the day of the race uh through the purses
2: Mike go ahead Mike well, we must have lost Mike, but anyway, we're visiting oh. with Moira fan. <laughs> he,
5: he went he, to get a sandwich he, while I, I think, took a you breath. Know what, yeah.
2: Moira, I, th- I think you grinded him away with so much information there. I think he <laughs> had complete brain overload, and he's right. short-circuiting right now. I think there's smoke probably coming out of his brain. But let me ask you this. Let's get to the night itself. Uh, Twelve races coming up on Saturday. You talked about the 15% takeout, but there's a lot of other things going on that uh, you guys, in cooperation with Pocono, are getting together, including – uh, the greatest pacer of all time Foiled again Foiled again is going to be there Meeting and greeting And not only that But how about the drink The Foiled again I gotta tell you I'm really excited to to, to try it And uh, I won't be able to do it Until after the races But y- you gotta save me one
5: Oh well that we will do And Foiled again Will be leading the post parade For the 14th race Which is the open pace It's a race he won in 2013 At, at Pocono So that's kind of poetic uh, justice there. And he will be, weather permitting, on hand to meet and greet fans. I think they've got a, his, a special tent set up for him if it is inclement weather. We are doing um, some charitable donations for aftercare, standard bread aftercare. We have foiled again hats. We have foiled again coffee and coffee mugs. And if you want to buy a raffle for $5, you can win the horseshoes that he's wearing as he stands there and a signed Briar Foiled Again model, uh, and you get the little stuff foiled again. So Foiled Again is uh, quite the rock star, and uh, we're delighted to have him back at the scene of his Breeders' Crown Triumph and, um, I just hope when he leads that post parade that he doesn't think he's in the in the race again and and try to go with them.
2: <laughs> well, listen, Moira, before we let you go real quick uh obviously, we've had a chance to see the eliminations one horse that stood out to you the most on uh either the Friday or Saturday of eliminations.
5: Well, that's such a tough, tough question because obviously we love that. The Hamiltonian winner, Atlanta, is back. The McWicked-Lazarus matchup is tremendous. The three-year-old trotting fillies have just been in a stupendous group this year. The three-year-old trotting colts are a, a real a matchup and a, a real surprise every time they race. But I have to say that Verlin Yoder and Woodside Charm can stop the most jaded horse person in their tracks. And... Uh, i can't wait to see her uh perform, and I know that uh she is in a in a class by herself, but this mm-hmm. is not a race I think that they're going to give her and Simon allard's very talented filly when doves cry uh she we have yet to see the best of her um and even he says she's a bit unpredictable when she 's on her game she's She's very, very good. When she's off her game, she's she's very, very not good. So I say the two-year-old Philly trot is is the race that I'm going to make sure that I stop everything and watch.
3: Well, Mo- Moira, I wanted to tell you I choked on a piece of pepperoni uh, while you guys were talking. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs>
5: I'm going to name a yearling that. (laughs)
2: Well, nothing like eating lunch while you're in the middle of the show. That's good stuff there, Mike. Well, listen, Moira, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you. We'll see you on Saturday. You guys have done a gargantuan amount of work, uh, especially in preparing everything for uh, the conditions that may or may not happen on Saturday. But listen, it don't matter. Everybody's going to have a great time. Nobody's going to get wet. Everybody's going to be dry, and it's going to be another fantastic night. Moira, we appreciate it. We'll see you Saturday.
5: Okay, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the mandatory payout on the Rainbow High Five bet, mm-hmm. which I think has about a twenty thousand dollar carryover, but they're guaranteeing it's seventy-five. So I'm hoping Ken Middleton puts together one of those groups and, and mm-hmm. takes a stab at it. If you miss the one point six billion dollar Powerball, here's here's a chance to uh, get a little something back. <laughs>
2: Oh hey, let me tell you what seventy-five thousand plus—that's that—that's a life changer. Let's not get let's not uh, mix it up. That's that's that could pay for a couple of nice vacations and a couple of nice vehicles. All righty. Thanks, Moira.
5: Okay, bye. Thank you. Uh,
2: all right, that was Moira Fanning. One of the one of the you talk about one of the unsung heroes in the business, Mike Carter. There she oh, yeah. is right there. I mean, the the amount of work that she puts into the Hamiltonian into the Breeders crowd and, and uh, you know, all the other, really, those events and in others are just unbelievable. And she doesn't get nearly the credit she deserves.
3: No, I completely agree. She works her butt off uh, for everybody else. And, you know, she winds up having a great time, uh, you know, with all the harness racing fans, with all the horsemen, but a lot of pre-pre-pre work that she does.
2: All right. Well, listen, we, we've we had this guy on hold for a little bit, and, and we're running kind of behind, so uh, we're going to forego the commercial. What do you say, Mike, and bring on a good friend, Jim Bavigli. Does that sound like a plan to you?
3: But listen, his music taste is not one that I uh, is not one that I care for. So he
2: can wait as long as he as oh, long as I he help him play. Uh, I'm let's just bring kidding, man. Well, listen, Jim. Listen, we're Jim. But let, let let me tell you something, buddy. We're dealing with a complete country guy here, okay? He, you don't know how many times he has submitted uh, bumper music to me for this show that I've just completely turned down because it's so bad. But
0: let's bring, let's
2: bring Jimmy. in. Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? The track announcer,
0: uh, the announcer of the You know, you busted my music, and then you, you know, the last time I was on, you had me on before Ric Flair, and now Uh, you have me on after Moira Fanning, who has forgotten more about harness racing than I will ever know, (laughs) so you guys keep putting me in the worst spot here, I I don't know what I ever did to you two. Well,
2: and you're on before, you're on before another Rick too, you're on before Rick Kane.
0: Oh jeepers. Hey. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, t- you talk about you know you talk about being you know parked. I'm parked out for like three turns in, in this hey. mile with with the, with the people around me. <laughs> hey, hey Jim,
3: at least we know the better announcer gets to start calling the races on Saturday night. Oh. No,
0: I'm just kidding.
3: Just kidding, guys. Just <laughs> kidding. Well, friend, I thought, we'll I, I,
0: thought his, I thought the, I thought Mike Bozich's request for a diamond encrusted microphone was a bit much. But <laughs> hey, you know if it gets him to the Breeders' Crown, that's that's all that's all we care about.
2: Yeah. Well, let's go ahead, Mike.
3: Oh, go, no, go ahead. You're good.
2: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, listen, let's get let's get to the Breeders Crown conversation. But first, before we do that, Jim, in all seriousness, you are an author uh, and a fantastic one at that, and and uh, you've ah. got some uh, a, the Beatles book that you put out. What was that? Is that a couple of years ago now, or was that last year? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was it's about a year and a half out. Uh, it's uh, counting down the Beatles, uh, so so that did real well, and I got a new one coming out uh, in a month uh, called "Playing Back the Eighties: A Decade of Unstoppable Hits." So, uh, anybody who's a fan of eighties music, I talked to a lot of the artists, and uh, I'm real proud of it. So, uh, any uh, any eighties music fans out there, I uh, hope you check it out.
2: Yeah, and its uh, I'll tell you what, it's great, great stuff. I see the stuff that you put on Facebook. And and for those of you that don't know, that don't follow Jim Boviglia on uh, Facebook, he actually he does a lot of good in-depth interviews with a lot of the, the stars, the creators of the music, and a lot of the meanings behind the lyrics and meanings behind the songs. And I'll tell you what, every time, Jim, that I read one of those, and you listen to the song and you really don't think a whole lot about it, uh, you know, and, and even if you try to put a meeting in your head without it knowing, and then you actually read what the songwriter, the artist actually says, and, and it's like, wow, I was really off when I thought I knew the meaning of that song.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been, you know what, I, I grew up in that area, I'm dating myself now, but, but you know, that that's when I grew up, so it was really neat, Mike and Mike, to, to talk to those people, because, you know, I was such a fan, you know, and, and they always say, don't meet your heroes, well, in this case, you know, nothing could have been further from the truth, because everybody was just so nice and so forthcoming, so it, it, it was a blast.
3: Listen, speaking of a blast, Jim, uh, we've mm-hmm. got the breeder coming up on a Saturday night, and listen, you and Mike, uh, I, I don't, I, I am jealous, but I don't envy you one bit uh, for getting to call this card on Saturday night. I know my nerves would be probably shot <laughs> off night, but I know there has to be an immense worth of prep work that goes into uh, getting ready to call these races Saturday night.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just about, you know, going in and knowing your game, you know. It's just, you know, following the program, and, you know, it helps, you know, because I had, you know, I watched all those eliminations unfold in front of me, so so that really did a lot of my preparation for me. And, um, you know, there's nerves. There's nerves every time you call a race. You guys know that, but but I feel personally – that in a way these are easy races to call because the action is you know you don't have to pump it up at all. It's it's just going to come out and 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 play in front of you, and you just have to make sure you're accurate and and the rest will the rest will take care of itself because these races are going to be so much fun.
2: Well, you know, Jim, when I fill in for you, the. Probably the worst thing for me is because now I'm an afternoon guy, man. I'm used to calling races in the <laughs> afternoon, but I'll tell you what, when you get to about the sixth, seventh, eighth race at Pocono, man, I mean, it's, it's tough because I mean, it's just you're not used to calling at night anymore and you look at the clock and it's nine thirty, and wow, well, you're, you, you know, I'm usually get ready to hit the bed by then, but <laughs> you know, but, but I do have to, but I do have to ask you this now on Saturday, mm. um, the conditions right now, and obviously they can change at a moment's notice, but uh, the conditions right now call for rain, maybe snow. So now you've got slop involved. Is there anything that you do uh, personally as an announcer to kind of change your game up or change the way that you recognize horses in the slop when the mud could be a factor?
0: Yeah, you know, not so much. Just, you know, just uh, make sure they're super memorized you know i mean i memorize them all the time but but in this case make sure i have the numbers you know okay i know the four horses such and such so if that's all i can see because you know the the driver's jerseys are going to get complete there's going to be muck and mire all over them it's going to be hard to distinguish so if that's all i can see is that number on the you know on their ear even you know then 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 as long as i could identify them by that but short of that it's just about knowing that you know the the track plays very differently uh you know obviously in in the mud and um i think in the past it's brought the closers into the picture a little bit more um, because you're, it's the Breeders' Crown, they're going to be going after it on the front end. So even more than that, you're going to see horses, I believe, coming from way out of the clouds that have a legitimate shot in the mile. So that's the way it's played out in the past when it's been really rainy. I remember we had a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes like that, and and we had horses coming from way back as long shots winning. So so uh, it, it should be very interesting if the weather does, you know, as it's anticipated to do.
3: Now, Jim, uh, talk to us a little bit
0: – goodness, I,
3: I thought my mute button was on there for a second. Um, Jim, Jim kind of talk to us uh, about a horse maybe that you think has a big shot coming off the eliminations last week, maybe somebody who surprised you, uh, maybe somebody who didn't surprise you. We've talked immensely about Woodside, uh, Woodside Charm. Uh, is there any horses kind of on your radar this weekend?
0: Oof, that's a that's a good one. You know a horse that that I think maybe is getting overlooked and you know in a very tough field, but and maybe it's the sentimentalist in me uh because you know she she's done it twice before in the Breeders' Crown, but Pure Country is an interesting one. Uh, you know the 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 track was not playing very well at all for closers uh on uh, on the Friday and Saturday night and yet she was coming on strong at the end of her mile now she didn't win her elimination so maybe that you know puts people kind of down on her but i mean this is a horse that you know she's in there with charton who's who's been fantastic you know there's no denying that and she's going to be a prohibitive favorite but you know pure country (laughs) that muscle memory she's done this before in the breeder's crown and I think she's an interesting one. I have her as the morning line second choice, but I think Sharton's going to be such a prohibitive favorite that people are going to get a price on her. And if that, if that track does play as I expect it to, boy, she could be dangerous late in that mile.
2: Visiting with Jim LeViglie, the fine track announcer at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Jim, let's talk about some of the happenings coming up at the Breeders' Crown. You guys, you know, Gen Star, Rick Kane, Moira you guys have worked so hard behind the scenes to make sure that this is going to be an event that if you're a fan, you're going to walk in that door, and when you leave, you're going to have a smile on your face because you had such a good time. But uh, tell us about some of the events coming up. I know you got the 15% take. I don't know if Foyled again will be there, and that uh, – I'll tell you what. Because of the impending conditions, that apron I got to tell you, Jen Star was putting some pictures up on Facebook, and it looks like Tent City, my friend.
0: Uh, well, you, you, Mike, you and you and I know that we we're going to have the easiest jobs, you know, on on Saturday, just calling those races. But the the behind the scenes preparation. From Jen Star, from Dale Rapson, from Rick Kane. I mean, it, it's and, and and on and on it goes. I mean, through you know through the through, you know the race secretary and you know, like uh, the the people doing the charts. I mean, these people have been really taxed. Uh, it's a busy week. It's a lot of pressure and i can't say enough about the the work that they've all done and if i if i name one of them i'm going to forget people so just just our whole staff has been fantastic and the pennsylvania uh harness uh horsemen's you know the, the the phrc the phha um you know obviously uh, moira and and john campbell and and the you know the, the hamiltonian society staff i mean there's just so much work behind the scenes and yeah maybe the weather might be not what we hoped for But I think it's just going to be just a spectacular event on Saturday. I I can't wait for it.
2: All right, one of the great guys in the business, great track announcer, Jim Aviglia. You'll be hearing his voice often coming up on Saturday night. Now, Jim, real quick before we let you go, if anybody Mm. wants to get a copy of any of the books that you've gotten, believe me, they are fantastic reads. If you're (laughs) a music fan, tell tell us where we could uh, get our hands on one.
0: Uh, I'm gonna hire you as my agent, Mike. Jeepers, cats. But uh, uh, Amazon.com or any anywhere you buy books online, Barnes and Noble, whatever your favorite site is, uh, just uh, Google my name, you'll find them.
2: All right, Jim, I'll send you your bill, my friend.
0: Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, buddy. Looking forward to seeing you guys. All right, buddy. See you on Saturday. All right. Bye bye.
2: All right. That's the fine track announcer with uh, the the Downwind Sun, Bocano, Jim Buffing. Mike. I'm gonna tell you what if we, if if we had a nice guy award. A nice guy award. He Jim would probably in. would win it every year. If oh, if yeah, post time with Mike and Mike I had a nice guy that, award.
3: Oh yeah, that I completely agree with.
2: One hundred percent without a shadow of a
3: doubt.
2: I mean and, and you know, and, and one thing I forgot to tell Jim and I should have. You know, I, I, I got a bone to pick with him. I, and I don't Uh-oh. know if I I may have said this on the show last year, but you know, my son. When he first started, kind of like my six-year-old son, when he first started getting into harness racing, you know, the first thing that that he would say, and they are (laughs) underway. (laughs) And I was like, where'd you get that from? Pocono. Uh Uh-oh. So, you know, before he didn't use, they're off at racing. He used, and they're on their way. So, well, my listen, son's a big he's a, Jim. But he's a big Jim Baviglia fan.
3: That, that, that's what happens when you know the, the other guy's a better announcer, man. Your your son, you know, follows him.
2: Yeah, he, he's a good dude. He really is, and a hell of an announcer. And we're looking forward to seeing him Saturday night. Let's. Uh, we need to take a badly uh, a badly needed commercial timeout because we skipped the commercial. When we come back. It's our guy, the race secretary at the Downs of Moegan Sun Pocono, Rick Kane. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America new vocations racehorse adoption program
6: retrain rehab rehome new vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year the program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing each horse is evaluated for temperament soundness and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed.
2: Learn more at newvocations.org. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington, October 2nd through the 6th, London, October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg, November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit WinbackFarm.com. That's Winback. Farm.com. And I have no idea where Mike Carter went to. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike presented. it by Bet America, Mike Gisage, along with Mike Carter who's out there somewhere as we continue along with this Breeders' Crown preview kind of giving you a, a behind-the-scenes look at what's going on coming up on Saturday. We are looking forward to it. Airtime for us is at 8 o'clock. Once again, like us on Facebook. Our Facebook page time with Mike and Mike because we are giving away four $25 win bets through our main sponsor, Bet America. So once again, make sure you like us on Facebook. It's pinned right at the the top. Follow the instructions. All you have to do is tag a friend. Let him know that we'll be broadcasting at eight o'clock, and boom, your name is automatically entered. And we'll be doing the drawings throughout the show coming up on Saturday. Right now, let's bring in the fine race secretary at the Downs of Mohegan Sun, Pocono, and a good friend of mine, Rick Kane. Rick, welcome, my friend. How are you, Michael?
1: How how are you doing?
2: I am doing fantastic. first we are of all, I have, ready. To,
1: I, I have to Just say something right off the bat. I. I'm a little disappointed you took me out of the running for the good guy award. So, uh. <laughs> well, listen, when you got a nicest guy,
2: now you got to admit Jim is about probably oh, the nicest guy that I have ever talked to.
1: Absolutely, you know? I, I can I can't disagree with that. I mean, you're up there. Don't get me wrong; you're right up there. You're, you'd
2: be, you'd be the also eligible. You know, if if Jim ever couldn't make it for an award, uh, you know, for a year, then you'd slide right in there and uh,
1: I have to, take... I have to hope for a scratch.
2: Yeah, for... Right, exactly. Well, listen, we're not hoping for any scratches coming up on Saturday, the Breeders' Crown. It is going to be a fantastic night. And and listen, Rick, I'm like I said, I've been reading the weather forecast in nauseam and nausea, but I'm over it because you know what? It doesn't matter what the weather forecast is going to be. You come on out, you'll be dry you'll have a great time a lot of great going on at the downs of mohegan sun pocono coming up on saturday and you had an opportunity for t- to put together all these great races the eliminations and the finals talk to us about some of the things that it takes from a race secretary point of view to put these races together that may be different than your typical overnight
1: well you know like obviously you have the best in the world and you've got entries coming in from everywhere and um uh... That's uh, that, that's a little bit more uh, challenging than your regular trainers and horses that enter it every week. So it's it's also a little exciting too, as well. I mean, you're seeing the very best that the sport has to offer.
3: Rick, obviously there is a lot of pressure going into the Breeders' Crown of, you know, making sure, you know, the drivers are right and the program is 100% right. Uh, w- what all kind of goes into putting all of that uh, kind of back-end work together? Obviously the entering of the horses is probably the easier thi- uh, part of the thing, uh, but there's much more background work that goes into uh, putting this thing together.
1: Well, as you know, like the the, uh, the eliminations on Friday and Saturday, we had the Jaws um, immediately after the uh, final elimination of their eliminations in each event. And uh, we drew them with the judges' uh, participation, participation as usual. And if right away, you know, they, you, you're getting uh, trainers calling up, well, maybe to change this trainer because they may have two horses in the uh, final from the eliminations and such. And you have to just coordinate everything and uh, get everything ready for the deadline because it's going to be a special program as far as, like, the printing and such. And that's a little bit of a different deadline. And uh, so there is a little bit of pressure there.
2: Yeah, it sure is. Now, Rick, you've been uh, you've been around quite a while. You've been to several different racetracks. And, and I know we've talked a little bit about your career before. But, I mean, you've been to some some very interesting places. I mean, some places that aren't even – open anymore, I mean, like, like uh, Green Mountain and uh, a few others, and I, I meant to make that as a mental note to uh, to ask you a little bit about your career. How long have you been involved in the sport?
1: Well, the first year I worked in a racing office as an assistant race secretary was in 1971 up in uh, what used to be my one of my hometowns, uh, Hinsdale, New Hampshire, and uh, the funny thing is the first two years I worked in the racing office there. Those first two summers, it was just money for college, and uh, you know some people might say I overstayed my okay. visit. <laughs> and if
2: if 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 you step into the Rick Kane Race Office at the Downs and Mohegans on Pocono, it's kind of like stepping into a museum because there are you basically have the wall plastered with all kind of memorabilia, all kind of interesting things. I mean, pictures and just memories from the past. I mean, memories from some from uh, some tracks, and um, you've. Uh, obviously you've been around it, it getting the conversation kind of back to the breeder's crown. What are some of, tell us about some of the horses that maybe you've had some interaction with that have, that have had breeder's crown success in some of the really good race horses in the past that have, that have had some success that kind of stands out in your, in your mind.
1: Well, I remember uh, <clears throat> I worked, <clears throat> excuse me, I worked up in Scarborough Downs in Maine. Uh, and in 1989 we had a race up there called the President's Pace, which was for going for a $60,000 purse, and we got um, Jaguar Spur to come up there, and uh, he broke the track record and such, and it was a type of race where we got a lot of horses um, from both Canada and the United States to come up there, and that was kind of exciting, particularly for the size of the track it was everything and uh I always enjoyed, like, uh, doing events like that at certain racetracks and everything. And um, another event that sticks in my mind was um, the, um, I think it was almost like the last year I worked on Toledo, Ohio. Uh, We had a race where it was the four best horses from Ohio and and four best from Michigan. And um, it was always like the precursor to that uh, famed uh, college football game up there. And it was kind of ironic that a lot of times whoever won... That race, from whatever state it was from, the uh, indication it was going to win the football game. And uh, so that was interesting as well. Now, Rick, we've
3: asked everybody else uh, after the, watching the eliminations last week was there anybody who kind
1: of stood out to you as a race secretary
3: uh, performance wise?
1: Well, um, the one trotter there, uh, uh, let me. Look at
2: the Berlin wild. yoga source.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. The two that's, year old Philly, that's, Yeah. Right. I mean the way she dominated that field, uh, that was, that was pretty good. What Wood, Woodside's calm she did. And I mean, she's been, you know, she's perfect for this year and everything. And, um, you know these these Breeders' Crows. A lot of times, cement like the year-end honors for whatever category it is and everything. And I would, you know, I would say that that did it for her. You know, and then we'll we'll see what the final goes and everything. But if she races anywhere near what she did in the elimination, I would say she would probably be the two-year-old trotting Tilly of the year.
2: Rick, before we let you go. Um... And, and race secretaries really don't get a lot of mention. I mean, when, you know, you, we talk about drivers in this business, trainers, uh, even announcers to some point. I mean, just, you know, a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, people. But race secretaries, I think, obviously, are one of the unsung uh, people in the sport. They really don't get a lot of recognition. But uh, from a career point of view, I mean, what does it mean to you as a race secretary to be able to put these races together in a Breeders' Crown
1: Obviously, the the object is you try to get as competitive a field together as possible. And, uh, you know, you try to write the conditions that will enable you to do that. And a lot of times in stakes, um, you're going to have competitive horses anyway and everything. Uh, But uh, for the overnights anyway, you know, you try to get as uh, good balance as possible with all the, you know, the entries
2: all right. Well, listen, Rick, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you guys. I know this has been a gargantuan task and a project to put all this together. And like I say, it doesn't matter if it's raining, it's snowing. Everybody, please come on out because I guarantee you that the people at the Don's and Moeigan Sun Pocono will treat you right and you'll have a good time. Rick, we look forward to seeing you on Saturday, my friend. All right. And get me on that good guy list. Yeah, we'll get you <laughs> up there, buddy. You're working your way up there, my friend. A couple, I'll tell you what, a couple more uh, dinner tabs on you and you'll be right up there. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rick. See yeah. ya. Right, that was, was Kane. Uh, good friend. Today, we had some fun today, haven't we?
3: we? We have, but boy, you're you're really getting on a lot of bad lists. First, you put Bavigli after Moira, then you put Rick Kane on the bad guy list. Man, you're two for two today.
2: Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to have to ask yeah, security. but not even let me in come Saturday? I might I'm have just, to, they might run you out of Pocono. <laughs> You, might have, to, you know, might, might have to sneak me in with the equipment, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it's going to be a great day. And, uh, you know, listen, all the people that, at the Hamiltonian Society and the Downs of Moegins and Pocono, they've worked really, really hard, as did Hoosier last year. I mean, Hoosier just did an outstanding job. The Downs of Moegins and Pocono do an outstanding job. And, and uh, you, you know, and, and that's what I, I meant by my – I don't know if a lot of people see my Facebook post, but, you know, we have been doing this show, Mike, for going on three years now. We've gotten a lot of industry support, but here's the thing. I didn't realize, and I've been in this sport for quite a long time, but I haven't really worked with, like, the breed farms and a lot of the, you know, racetrack personnel and the drivers and the trainers as much as before as now since working with the show and interacting with these people. You know, I'll tell you what, for all the flack that this business takes, there are some really, really good people in this sport.
3: There's some great people and even more amazing stories. And, uh, Mike, it was actually almost – I think this is – I think I want to say this is when we had our first show. We are four years old this week.
0: Four Claire. years old this
3: week. Mike, well, we've been to three Breeders' Crowns. Remember, the first Breeders' Crown we did from home. So this right. is our fourth year of doing this show. Um, and uh, it was four years ago, I believe it was this week, that we kicked off our first non-test show. And if you heard our test shows, whoo-wee. Boy, did we stink. But uh, yeah, we might have to play that uh, that uh, that segment again for some of those people who want to listen to it. But we've been doing this thing for years, Mike. And I'll tell you what, we're so proud at how the industry has kind of stood behind us, helped us out when we needed needed it to. And, uh, there, there, you know, there's some big announcements coming, uh, our show's way as far as some of the people that work for us coming up within the coming days. And and you know what, this is what it's all about. It's just about having a good time. It's about having fun and positively promoting the sport of harness racing.
2: You got it, my friend. You got it. We'll come back with a little bit more, uh, perhaps to wrap this thing up. Uh, maybe with some reminders about our contest that we got coming up and some of our details about our broadcast coming up on Saturday. We've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. New Vocations
6: Racehorse Adoption Program: Retrain, Rehab, Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you a
2: student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike. Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org
3: website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always,
2: there will be great food, entertainment,
3: and prizes at the annual event.
2: Visit pacingforthecure.org. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sale schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winback
4: Freaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio, get in the barn.
2: All right, get in the barn, the Bet America Radio Network. Make sure you check out our good man, Jason Beam. He has got the Thoroughbred show that runs daily, I believe. He does a daily show, doesn't he, Mike? Yeah, he does a daily show. Uh, that's a lot of content, that's for sure.
3: But he's got some great stuff coming up with the Breeders' Cup. So, uh,
2: you know, lots of,
3: lots of good, good stuff.
2: All right. Well, listen. It all comes down to the Breeders' Crown coming up this Saturday. Our broadcast time will be eight o'clock. It'll be a three-hour broadcast. Myself, Mike Carter, along with Garnet Barnesdale, and Jessica we will be with interviews and contests. So, reminder: you have until uh, Saturday at eight o'clock. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page and tag a friend under our thread, our Breeders' uh, our Breeders' Crown thread. It's pinned right at the top of the page, and basically, if you tag a friend, that's all you have to do, then you will be eligible to win a $25 win bet through our sponsor, Bet America. You have to be listening to the show to be eligible. We're going to draw four names uh, during the Saturday show, and if your name is drawn, you've got a $25 win bet, and I'll tell you what, that could turn into quite a bit of money, considering how competitive, Mike, this Breeders' Crown card is coming up on Saturday.
3: Listen, I'd put 25 to win on and Marauder. In a heartbeat, even from post nine.
2: So, uh, you know,
3: it's going to be a lot of fun, Mike, and I'm looking forward to it. It's our third straight Breeders' Crown. We've been lucky enough to be allowed to cover these events. And I'll tell you what, Mike, it is one of those events that you don't want to miss
2: absolutely it all comes down to the crown that's coming up on Saturday night don't forget 15% takeout across the board you're going to want to take advantage of that the uh, guaranteed $75,000 rainbow five that's a must pay you're going to want to take advantage of that Uh, foiled again is going to be there Uh, they're going to have just so many things going on foiled again not only the horse but the drink and they're going to have food trucks Uh, listen don't let the weather affect you I mean if it's pouring down raining who cares come On out anyway. You'll stay dry. They've got tents on the apron. You won't get wet. You're going to have a tremendous time coming up if you're in the area. And even if you're not in the area, make the trip up and uh, make sure you have us on your cell phone. Bring your earbuds, and that way you could listen to (laughs) us on track uh, on our website, post time with Mike and Mike.com. Anything else, my friend? No, I think that wraps
3: it up. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday. But best of all, come on and show our. Show our show some support this Saturday beginning at 8 p.m. as we kick off Readers' Crowd Weekend 2018. We'll see you right back next week. Closing time, open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time, turn all of the lights on. To finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have
4: to go home But you can't stay here I know who wants to take me home